Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Verstro here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I'm really grateful for the guests that we've got in today. It's going to be, a, I think, a fun ride with a gentleman that I've heard so much about, and he and his family have made a big investment in mid-Michigan, and uh, so I'm really proud and grateful that he's joined us today. His name is Troy Bancroft. He is the president of AgroLiquid, and so, Troy, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Vic. I'm looking forward to a great time with you. Yeah, well, it's great to, great to have you here. You have uh, no easy schedule to work around, and, and uh, you've been gracious enough to give us some time today, and I'm so uh, thankful for it. For those that don't know about AgriLiquid, what's, that, what's the elevator speech to tell us about the company? Uh, just kind of a quick overview. Well, we're a plant nutrition company located in central Michigan with a plant in Michigan in Ashley and the plants in Iowa. Kansas, North Dakota, Montana, and California. Oh, my word. So we have quite a wide footprint on the, on the people we serve. We make uh, fertilizer products and combinations. Uh, we're strictly a plant nutrition company. Right, right. And, and of course, the interesting thing is that uh, AgriLiquid, um, there's a lot of other ways to uh, to administer um plant food, uh, but this is all, is it, is all of your platform and operations uh, focused on, on a liquid um, uh, plant food? It is, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We yeah. work with some biologicals, and uh, we're making our own. And interesting thing here, Vic, we also have uh, something unique in our company, and we have the largest research farm on plant nutrition in the United States. Oh, my word. And that's also where the Agro Expo uh, takes place in August as well, which is a great uh, venue for local Michigan businesses and agriculture to host their products, their features. Uh, you know, we have plots. We work a lot with the FFA and competitive uh, things at the Agro Expo. So we kind of have a, a lot of things that we do that are perhaps a little unique along with the IQ Hub, which is a uh, a place located inside of our corporate headquarters here in St. John's that uh, tries to teach all people, and prim- primarily those youngsters, about where our food comes from, what it takes to be a farmer, where farming's rich history came from, uh, where it's at today, and where it hopes to be tomorrow. So, it's home to history, innovation, and exploration of agriculture. Well, and I have to tell you, I've been to the facility, and so just to make sure we're clear on it, it's just uh, um, to the west of St. John's, Michigan, which is right in the heart of Lower Peninsula anyways. Um, and when, when, you, um, when you mention this, it is a beautiful facility, and I want to I wanna get into the facility a little bit because in my mind, um, I think you and your family have made a, an incredible gift um, to the community and to uh, agriculture because uh, so many of us are not from farms anymore. I'm I'm an old FFA boy. I was state president all those years ago. But um, you know the the thing is is so many of us don't have that experience. It used to be grandma and grandpa would be at the farm. Well now we're a few generations removed, and right. I think uh, uh, you know we're down to a, a couple percent of uh, the population spends their time uh, making our food and fiber. And so um, it's an 
interesting thing to keep that connectivity because it doesn't magically grow on a, on shelves. And I, you know, and I, and I, as I think about you know your charge and and part of what I think you're helping to do, and I don't want to overinflate this, but you know, it's a big old world out there with a lot of people. And uh, I remember one of my FFA speeches all those years ago was about uh, the the world by the year 2000 could could have as many as six billion people. And so here we are, we're trying to feed feed the world. And I had a conversation um, probably a couple of years ago with a young man that was all excited about um, uh, growing what we needed from uh, flower boxes in his apartment off his balcony. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, buddy, first of all, you live in, you live in uh, Michigan, so uh, good luck with that. And second yeah. of all, um, you don't have enough uh, flower boxes uh, in the world to do what has to be done for food, and we're so grateful for modern agriculture. But, you know, your story goes back uh, quite a ways because it starts with um, uh, you and your, and your dad, was it, that, that, um, that got the agri-liquid uh, underway? Actually, it was my father-in-law and I. Douglas Cook, who he and I founded the business in 1983, uh. and if you wanted to found a business in the midst of uh, uh, corn that was very suppressed, I believe it was about a dollar sixty then. <laughs> right. We also had a program at that time called Payment in Kind, yeah. P-I-K, which paid farmers not to plant 20% of their crops, <laughs> and if you had to go borrow money, on a business loan, it was approaching 20% for borrowed money at that point in time with oh, superinflation. And so I'm not sure why we uh, started this company <laughs> back then because all the odds were against us for sure. Well, I have to tell you, um, I was deeply involved in agriculture in the 1980s, and it was truly one of the toughest decades that uh, we have had in terms of agriculture. And I remember uh, parents in farming were telling their young their young friends or their young family members uh, do anything but farm. And so I I couldn't imagine starting something like uh, AgriLiquid in the midst of all of that. But you're here today to tell us a story and to track some of the leadership journey that you've been on. And I'm so glad you're here, Troy. I'm Vic Versero here with Troy Bancroft, president of AgriLiquid here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. You found the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero today with an incredible business leader by the name of Troy Bancroft. He's the president of AgriLiquid, a multi-state operation uh, that truly is doing amazing things in uh, plant food and feeding the world. So we're glad to have you here with us, Troy. In the last segment, we kind of talked about the start of your amazing organization in 1983 and what a tough time that must have been because of some of the headlines that were going on in the ag 
ag industry uh, in those days. So tell me about those early days and some of the challenges that you, you guys ran into. Well, it was an interesting time for sure, Vic. And, you know, it's, uh, I look back and wonder how we really survived those first five <laughs> years because we had so much uh, to overcome. But, you know, one of the things that was happening at the time, Michigan had a tremendous amount of vegetable farming going on at the time, especially here in central Michigan, and fruit as well. As you know, uh, Michigan's uh, first industry is auto. Its second is agriculture. Right. And so there is a lot to, to draw from, from that wide variety of base of business in Michigan. And so, but farmers were looking for something different. They were looking for uh, something that they could spray on these vegetable pro, uh, crops and the, the uh, fruit crops that could be taken in by the leaf structure or if they were transplanting uh coal crops uh, or vegetables like uh, tomatoes and, or peppers. They needed something in that transplant solution that was clean and did not have a chlorine and, and would uh, take away the transplant shock. And so they came to us as a fledgling com- company, would you make those products for us? And so we took on the challenge, and Mr. Cook was really – uh, quite an innovator, and he uh, had the ideas, I think, quite ahead of his time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we made a lot of these products starting out in his basement in a blender. Hell no way. And, <laughs> man, it was, uh, then we would take it and make, try to make it in, in like a 55-gallon drum, and uh, we uh, purchased a reactor, and, uh, you know, we knew what we wanted to do agronomically, but the chemistry, you know, none of us were, either one of us were chemists. Yeah. So we kind of had to do the cut-and-try method. And we came up with these formulations that did not carry the chlorine reticle or the bromines, the fluorines, and the chlorines. And so it made it a lot more easily uh, assimilated in the plant, both on the tissue, through the root, and so and even through uh, drip tape. And so these were the basis of what we really uh, founded all of our fertilizer products on, and that being, you know, uh, uh basically having uh, nutrients in it that, that we're not going to harm the plants as refined as products as we could and that were easily assimilated, having a very positive impact on the, on the plant. So in today's world, it seems like it seems like uh, your focus there was, was plant, but of course when you start thinking about you know applications of these different things um, onto a plant that's going to ultimately be producing food, uh, for the food chain, you've probably got a whole nother set of, is it safe? Uh, is it the right thing for the, for the consumer and consumer and the, and the whole food distribution? Is, is that part of what you had to battle as well? Absolutely. You know, and that's so true yet today is that, uh, you know, you have to be uh, very conscious of what you do uh, from the aspect of agriculture, I think, today and in the future, because I think there will be tracing back in, uh, to where your, your food comes from and to ensure quality in the future. Yeah. And so I think we have a leg up on that aspect. Well, it's just a fascinating thing for me to, to, to watch this and to see um, uh, how that all works. I've always been intrigued by um, the way that people can, can work with uh, a variety of plants and help them. You know, every single plant, I don't care what it is, it's, it's extracting nutrients from the ground. And, I, and, if, and correct me, Troy, what, what your organization does is it tries to give it readily available 
natural nutrients that were that were in the ground anyways, but now they're ab- available and readily processed by that plant for maximum growth and production of our food and fiber. Is that is, did I do that right? Yeah, that's that's correct. You know, uh, when you sit down and eat a meal, you like to have you know vegetables and a starch and uh, protein, and and uh, so we look at trying to balance whatever that crop needs to its needs as opposed to over applying nutrients and i think that's one of the things to take a look at we were kind of a environmental stewards way back then thinking about <laughs> not applying tons of fertilizer to an acre but putting pounds that actually get in have a positive response to the plant and increase the production you know you bring up something that's really interesting to me because i i, I listen to people beat up modern agriculture and if they understood what it costs for fertilizer to be haphazardly applied and doing oh. it in a in an extensive extravagant way, they'd be blown away because uh, this is what I think AgriLiquid uh, provides is that direct application to the plant where they can use it rather than broadcasting it through all the soil for it to run off or whatever whatever's there. There's no doubt every farmer today is an environmental steward of his land because, you know, Vic, we're only borrowing uh, this land from our grandchildren. <laughs> That's right. And whatever we do to it, we want to improve it. We want to improve the drainage. We want to improve the the water runoff. And every farmer thinks about that daily because, you know, he, these farms pass down. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, and Vic, there's, there's a tie to the land. You bet. There's a tremendous tie back to where you grew up, and uh, there's something about preserving that. Being being a good steward, being uh, the person, the caretaker of the land, you know, just like, you know, Paul Harvey said, you know, God looked down and he needed a caretaker to take care of this land, and he created a farmer. Right, and right. I think every farmer is um, an environmentalist at heart, too. And he has to be an economist, too, because he has to make a living on this and, you, and you're so right he doesn't apply things he doesn't need yeah well no doubt and i appreciate you sharing that with us and i can't wait to hear more about this story you're you've tuned into the michigan business network this is vic versero here on the leadership lowdown we'll be right back Sanair has an unwavering belief that all people deserve the opportunities provided by living in healthy communities. They've lived that mission for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sanair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. You don't make that kind of broad impact without a skilled, diverse, and highly valued team. That's one of the reasons Sanair has been consistently named a top place to work by Detroit Free Press, a Crane's Detroit Cool Places to Work, and a best nonprofit to work for. Learn more at www.sanair.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. Troy Bancroft is my guest today, and I'm Vic Vercero, so we're glad to have both of us together and an opportunity to talk a little bit about one of my passions, which is agriculture, but also uh, one of the things that we love to talk about is leadership and uh, how some of these things all come together and some of the great starting stories of uh, some great Michigan businesses. And when I think about um, AgriLiquid, you know, you, you had this incredible father-in-law, Douglas Cook, and of course, 
um, things sometimes are different when you're in business with your family. So um, how many how many family members are a part of AgriLiquid uh, in, in the enterprise you're, you're currently a part of? Well, my wife does not have an active role, but she has served as the uh, company uh, secretary, which my, my boys always put her at a higher level than me, and rightfully so. Clearly. Um, and uh, But uh, my, my, I have three sons in the business now, and uh, my oldest one just took over being CEO of the company here uh, this past fall. So it's been uh, interesting working with them. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's such a blessing when you think about having the opportunity to see your children, your grown children working every day in a business and watching their skills and their uh, passion for what you do continue on. I, I just feel so blessed that to have that opportunity to watch that because so many people do not have, you know, they, they like to be able to sneak in and watch them as a mouse in the corner. Yeah. And I have the opportunity to be with them on a daily basis. And, and fortunate that we do have the businesses size that they all have a little elbow room yep, right. to, <laughs> to work in each of their, their, their strengths. And uh, I appreciate so much uh, how they have been so graciously intentional with me in uh, my steps for not being at the helm anymore, yeah. so to speak. Isn't that They have been very gracious. And uh, I still am here almost every day, and I still maintain the, the role as president. But uh, they, they are uh, they're, they're doing the bulk of the work. I'll say that. Big. Yeah, well, <laughs> right I, I love it. And, and, and it's not that you haven't done the bulk of your work over your years. So, it, yep. so you might have earned that little bit of uh, uh, help along the way. But, you know, you, you bring up something I want to spend some time with, if you don't mind, because um, in my in a former life, I did a lot of work with uh, farm families, and particularly with with young farm families. And it was always a stressful time. Not always. Some families struggled with allowing that young um, man or young woman in the family farm to uh, to grow up and become an adult. And they 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 never seem yep. to graduate and allow them to to act and serve as an adult. They all, they kept them as a child sometimes. Yep. And so I think about family businesses like yours. Um, you've got a big thing going on there. And and tell me about um, did you battle with that? Was that a struggle for you, or is that something you just kind of knew? They're kids. They're going to make mistakes, and I I need to give them room. Well, how'd that work in your world? Uh, Vic, neither you or I have an ego, do we? <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing you have to do. You have to check it at the door. Yeah. And you have to be very intentional about letting uh, the next generation come in and gently mentor them. You know, my father, Joe uh, Bancroft, was probably one of the wisest men I knew right. because he always put good mentors in front of me where he had uh, a weakness of mm. being able to, to give me. And my dad was a good businessman his whole life, but he would always put good mentors in front of me. And that's what I've done with my boys is try, I took that from my dad and said, you know, I just need to put good mentors in front of them. And I did that as an early young age uh, when they were uh, uh, 10, 12 years old. They would come and work in the shop with a good yeah. uh, gentleman we had that's now retired. And, and he taught them how to restore tractors. And <laughs> it taught them uh, 
you know, the work in the shop, and each one of them now has uh, the the skill set of uh, turning wrenches and and that good work ethic. Uh, and, and and I just I feel good about having those kinds of people that were both would teach them work habits, good work ethics, and the morals and the ethics that go along with business yeah, as well. I love that. You know, you it's interesting. Uh, my dad had a little different bringing up. Uh, he was always, get back! And he'd be yelling at me to, you know, get out of the way as opposed to let me uh, scrape my, you know, my own knuckles on the wrenches. So I think that's such a gift. And, of course, uh, you talked about mentorship, um, the, the power of mentorship and what that means to have on the right people in the right places. Um, Troy, we want to spend a little more time on this, and we're going to do that in our next in our next segment. So, again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm here with Troy Bancroft. He's the president of AgriLiquid, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as chairman of the National Small Business Association and a business owner myself, I understand that when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. You can't afford lost data, lost customer information. That's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK, or find them on the Internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero with uh, the impressive Troy Bancroft. He's the president of AgriLiquid, a multi-state national operation uh, doing uh, plant food uh, and doing some great things in the segment of trying to feed the world and uh, taking care of business. And he's doing it with a family um, business and, and family involved in the business. And I thought that would be a great leadership discussion for us today. And Troy, in your last segment, we, we spent a minute talking talking about how from time to time we would put mentors where there was a, a weakness or an area that we wanted to improve on. And I wanted to reaffirm a couple things. One, I believe that that self-awareness is the mother of all learning. And so when you when you uh, check your ego at the door and you step back and let, let somebody else pick up in an area that maybe was your baby, that's tough and that's hard, but it's it's a self-awareness thing. And when you say you have people mentoring in areas of weaknesses, that's another self-awareness um, scenario. So can we talk a little bit about identifying those and, and, and where you kind of picked up on that? Because I think it's brilliant. Well, I don't know if it's brilliant, but thank you. <laughs> One of the things I just recognized that I have a lot of weaknesses and and one of the things that I did find is I we I belong to I don't anymore but the, each one of the boys belong to a Vistage, excuse me Vistage group, which is a group of CEOs okay. and that they meet on a regular basis on a monthly basis, and it's a way for the young men uh, they call themselves the brothers the bros, and that the, they can see in other businesses perhaps some of the same issues we might be dealing with or whether you're making widgets. Uh, plant nutrition or cars, I, I think uh, the, the essence that uh, every business would be easy if you do not have to 
work with people. Sometimes those issues are probably the most difficult ones in managing <laughs> uh, what the people need, how to motivate, how to how to compensate, you know, and all these different things. And I think these we, we try to learn from other companies who have, you know, gone down some similar roads and to uh, – Take advice from those who experience can give it because those are the best ones you can get it from. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, and I and I think um, the other thing I, I love on this show to talk about mentorship. I don't think there's enough of it, but I think it truly is uh, is life changing stuff when you have somebody that applies their time and energy into uh, someone who is lacking in certain skills or maybe not had the experience. And it's just such an important gift along the way. And so when I think about mentoring, um, can you help me with that a little bit? Uh, is it, in your mind, it, is it a formal thing where you wrap your arm around somebody and say, hey, I want you to spend some time with Jerry over here, be his mentor, and make it a formal thing? Or do you think it more organically grows uh, in a different in a different light uh, just by people that hit it off? What, what are your thoughts on that i've done it both ways have you uh, Vic. number one is i've had uh, a couple of our good agronomists uh you know uh, uh, two of the boys got degrees in um, agronomy uh, agribusiness management and and uh, just kind of you know take them underneath their wing and uh you know there's a lot of difference between learning in the books and there is Oh. <laughs> uh, learning in the field. Yeah, learning by doing. That's right. And another thing that we've done intentionally is have outside board members on our board of directors. Hmm. And um, we do have two um, great uh, pe- business people in uh, in uh, Michigan here, Central Michigan. One is Keith Granger from Granger's Waste Services, and sure. Craig Whelan from Whelan Dave Co. Oh my! And these two these two fellows bring to the table, and uh, I'll say this uh, very uh, honestly: they'll bring to the table some of the same things that I'll say, but it's different when uh, somebody besides Dad says it. Yeah, <laughs> and so true. Uh, you know, I just appreciate all their wisdom because they can. Um, you know, temper some of those things that uh, maybe I can't. Yeah. And so I think having outside people in your business that can that can give you business advice that they know that that second generation coming in would uh, have a lot of respect for, and uh, I think brings value and uh, solidifies and validates. Uh, some of the core values that I've been bringing along, you know, with them from day one. Yeah, I just man, that's good stuff, Troy. And I and it's so funny because, you know, uh, you're exactly right. Uh, you can say it ten times, but you hear it from a different source, and all of a sudden, uh, the light bulb clicks. And maybe it's because Dad paved the way and made it easier. But did you have the did, <laughs> checking the ego at the door is all about uh, you know stopping the 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 moment of you going, guys, I've been telling you this forever, right? You just gotta <laughs> you gotta let that go, and you just gotta live with it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think about I think about uh, some of these challenges and in, uh, in uh, getting good people around you. Whether those, you know, that fresh view from the outside, I think that's really incredible uh, piece of advice for people in these kind of situations. And also, I I took note on the uh, fact you've got CEO kind of levels 
uh, people that are dealing with similar challenges in other industries, having those conversations to see if they can find some common ground and some answers. So really great tidbits, Troy, really great information. So glad that you took time out from your busy schedule to join us here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and I'm Vic Vershero. We're going to pay some bills and come right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Thanks for looking for and finding the Michigan Business Network and the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Versero with Troy Bancroft. He is the president of AgriLiquid and, of course, uh, has a powerful, amazing story. And one of the stories I think that needs to be discussed is the notion that he's got his family so involved in what really truly is a multi-state, multi-million dollar operation. And so when you look at that type of a, of a situation, Troy, I, uh, there's got to be some stories and some thoughts with regard to um, how you you uh, how you handle things. I remember I was talking to a, um, uh, a person that was dealing with their family and the business, and and um, they tried to to remove the word uh, dad uh, from from their world, which is kind of interesting. And their whole thinking was the second that I said, "Well, let me check with dad." It just reaffirmed that they weren't that they were always going to lose uh, because blood is thicker than water. So all of those things are are uh, are just elements of what makes a family business different. Tell me about your thoughts on conducting a family business and, and making it um, making it as successful as you guys have. Well, that's a that's a great question, Vic. You know, one of the things I always uh, go on is that um, uh, respect given is respect received Mm. and i think in a family business so many times that we're so close to each other that you um you you need to have a higher level of respect for each other because so many of the employees are watching that and uh, checking on on your family as you go through one of the things we do in our our family business you know is we we go into a business or a meeting uh it's 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 formal we make sure that we you know make sure we're getting our our meetings in for the IRS and and also in, in that formality we're also very genuine yeah and when and it's very difficult sometimes to have that veil brought off in, in the family when you got mom and dad and the brother sitting there and and uh, being very genuine in front of each other and being okay saying how sometimes you feel yeah and you know, uh, when we have our board meetings, you got to have your reports and everything. But one of the great things that we have is these outside board members that charge us with, oh, well, so what happens if you got hit by a bus today? Who's going to take <laughs> care of your segment of business? And and having these conversations about, uh, you know, what happens. You know, Vic, one of the things that happened to me 11 years ago was uh, I, I, I nearly died. Oh. 
and uh, the, I was out of state at a, at a, at a convention, and I got a, a bacterial infection. Oh, no. And uh, my boys were 26, 24, and 21. And they called the family down. They didn't know whether I was going to make it or not. And uh, uh, it was a very difficult time because the boys had this was the business was very large at that time as well. And they had to decide if they're going to get their big boy panties on to run the business. <laughs> yeah. And it, it grew them up rather quickly. And it was a while before I could get back in the business. And I think uh, sometimes you have to, you know, magically back the hearse up to the door and say, what if I wasn't here? How would you? How would you run the business? And I think these are just good conversations, and sometimes it's it's difficult in a family yeah. to have these conversations, but they're also important to have uh, that um, these uh, long-term goals and unexpected things be talked out before they happen. Well, you, you, you really hit, a, hit something that I think is so critical, especially in family business, um, when you think about having the crucial conversations. And you got to have crucial conversations in all businesses. But when you think about the, the power of saying, guys, I know nobody wants to talk about this. Everybody wants to live forever, but only one guy ever made it out of here alive. And so the bottom line is, is that is that in this process, um, there's going to come a time when you guys are sailing off on your own, whether I'm down in Bermuda having a fun time or whether you guys are are, are picking up the pieces after I'm I'm just gone. So we need to be real and have a legitimate conversation. The power and the gift that you would give a family member in a in a family business is is almost immeasurable uh, because that is peace of mind planning when you're in the chair rather than trying to pick up the pieces in an emotional state trying to wonder what's next man troy that that's just really powerful powerful stuff the other thing, I, if you don't mind, I want to go back to, you mentioned a couple names of individuals that are on your board of directors that are from outside the organization. Well, if you're just a carefree family uh, organization and not doing things in a formal way, you're not going to attract those level of people to come be around your organization because you just can't hide your unprofessional um, ways about you on right. for, uh, during meetings or whatever. It, it oozes out, doesn't it? Yeah, one of the things I would suggest if those folks don't have, you know, that opportunity to have those folks, I bet you they probably know somebody they respect, and that probably in those uh, situations they have in a family business that gets a little um, raw, that they could probably seek out the answer. And, you know, one of the things I've always said, too, is he who plants the seed beneath the sod and waits believes in God. And I believe that there's opportunity for us to at times just humble ourselves and get on our knees and uh, ask the good Lord to uh, help us out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, um, you're helping us out today, Troy. I appreciate the chance to have a, a conversation with you to this depth and in uh, and this personal. I greatly appreciate it. So glad you've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and we'll be right back. Michigan, 
Hi, this is George Blaha, and let's talk Treetops Resort. In my off-season from announcing, I love to play golf, and every year I take my annual golf out into Treetops. Why? Well, it starts with world-class golf and a breathtaking setting, but there is a lot more. From the relaxed atmosphere, great food, great beers, and the newly renovated rooms. And Treetops is more than a round of golf. It's a great weekend, and Barry Owens and his staff make Treetops the friendliest place around. What are you waiting for? Call 888-TREETOPS or go to Treetops. This is the Leadership Lowdown here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschero today with the amazing Troy Bancroft, president of AgriLiquid, and I'm grateful for his time. Uh, he is um, uh, in charge of a great deal of, uh, of uh, things and responsibilities, and he's sharing some of his thoughts and his family enterprise with us. So, Troy, I can't thank you enough. I want to uh, uh, spend our last segment uh, taking us down the road to St. John's, if you don't mind. Uh, St. John's is the, uh, is the, the site of uh, where you built your, I believe, world headquarters. Um, and I, I, you could have just put up an office building and called it good, but you guys kind of had a different, it seems like a different philosophy. Do you, can you take me back to some of the decision-making to, to invest in a facility like you have? Well, one of the things we wanted to accomplish at this facility is to recognize the rich heritage of agriculture and the nuances of what agriculture has become and will be. And so the whole building recognizes that. On one side, it looks like an old barn building, and and, uh, the other side looks very uh, techy. But one of the things we have there is what we call the IQ Hub, and that is about 10,000 square feet dedicated towards uh, educational interactive exhibits. It takes people through the history of agriculture, and it starts with the pilgrims, and it takes you on through uh, a number of different exhibits that are kind of quite interesting. And uh, it has a tractor simulator into that, and we're working has uh, uh, how a cow is milked, and uh, a, lot, a lot of different things that are interactive at the facility. Huh. And the reason we developed it is, you know, it's actually going to be part of our. Uh, families uh, exhibits on, on on tractors we have a lot of antique tractors and we got started and we thought you know we need to do something for the greater good of the community and the industry we've been blessed so much here and we just needed to you know preserve and for people to understand what production agriculture is all about because so few experiences you know Vic, when we were uh, in high school nine out of ten of us uh, are buddies and friends were or either worked on a farm or lived on a farm and that's uh, only two out of a hundred and even though that uh, you know production agriculture uh, agriculture in general produces about 20 percent of michigan's workforce there's not actually that many producing the products and so how does that happen we wanted to take it back to basics and see how you know, it all started and how, from a, from actually a, a point of view of fertility, yeah. you know, how the pilgrims, you know, use fish, how a lot of the plains people, when they harvested the buffalo, they would grind the bones to make uh, calcium phosphorus mix and put that around plants. And, yeah. And, and all these kind of interesting things that people don't think about what agriculture has came from and what it's uh, turned into be and how reliable we are in our 
our food supply to the American farmer. Well, Troy, I think that's really in, in, incredible to, to take a moment and just think about that. Um, when you think about the, the uh, engine of this country, um, you know, we, we've had some extraordinary abilities to emerge as a world leader, um, and that's on the back of agriculture. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that we solved the, uh, the food and distribution of food uh, the way we have, there just would not be the ability to focus on other things. And so, you know, thank you for your part in that. Thank you for, for uh, the American farmer for getting us where, um, where we are today because uh, it just is a different playing field if we don't, don't take that into consideration. Now, on the facility um, itself, I've been to several meetings there personally, um, and it's one of those things that you, you offer up your facility uh, to the public. Isn't, isn't that true? Oh, that's correct. You know, however, in COVID, that does take a different sure. turn. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in normal times, you know, we really foster, uh, you know, agricultural uh, companies to come in. Uh, we have a small conference facility. They can uh, seat 150, and we've had, uh, we've had school proms here. We've had uh, funerals here. We've had uh, graduations, a number of different yeah, sure. uh, events at this location. And quite frankly, Vic, we when we opened this up, we thought, okay, this was something we wanted to do for the community, but we didn't realize in Central Michigan there was such a lack of or need of a facility like this to for people to come to. And so uh, we bring a lot of people in the IQ Hub uh, before I think in uh, 2019, we had done over 12,000 students come through oh, this word. facility trying to teach them about what agriculture does. And and I know we have some great partners that partner with us, Farm Bureau, Michigan Corn, Michigan Soybean Association, that you know, allow grants for the students to come, and they provide transportation grants for the busing to get the children here. And we appreciate that so much as well. But, you know, we try to make this a hub for um, uh, people to, to come, uh, a, a, a center of influence for the, the Michigan farmers. Sure. And and if I wanted to co- go to the IQ Hub uh, myself, just uh, is it possible just as individual to go there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah you can come anytime. So, so – is there somebody that would we would need to contact, or is there any information that we'd want to have, or do we just go out on yeah. uh, on the west part of uh, St. John's on on US twenty and uh, and pick it up? <laughs> yeah, it's on M twenty one. Twenty one. And it's right. the IQ Hub at agroliquid.com. Great. And that will get you here, or nine eight nine two two seven three eight four seven. Well, Troy, I got to tell you, you you have uh, everybody that I talked to, and I shared that you were coming on the show. Uh, said to a person that you are an extraordinary individual, a tremendous uh, person, and an amazing um, uh, gifted leader for the community. So you have lived up to that billing, and I am so grateful for your time. Thank you for being with us. You're too kind, Vic. Thank you for having me on the show. (laughs) Well, thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. Can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great day. Michigan.